Hey, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never in the building. Yo, what up? We got DJ D-Miles. Yo, what's good? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah, what up, what up? And we got a special, special guest by way of the Bay Area, Cali, bang. LA. Bang, we, bang. We got one of the founders of Young California. Yes, sir. We have a, I guess the assistant programming director. Sounds like a big deal. I guess that's Sounds pretty important. Like <laughs> that like sounds pretty important at to the somebody real, at the real 92.3 uh hip-hop radio station in la he's the 40 yeah. he's the dj for the 49ers we got dj amen in the building what's good man amen what's Yo, good what up, man? What up, what up? all i need all i need is that grammy nominated or like platinum selling i gotta work on that yeah you, you gotta <laughs> add that to your moniker yo what's up so right. I, I got a question you wanted to come on road podcast right because you, uh, Phenom hit me up. You wanted to come on. We were like, yo, we'd love to have him. You, you've been on every other podcast except ours. You've been on every other. <laughs> de- we're like What's the third. I- we're like the third person you asked to the prom, yo. We're the last motherfuckers, yo. What's good? No, you, you're the only motherfuckers that didn't ask me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I was just playing. Uh, no, I, I think before the holidays, I was trying to link up because, um, you know, I've definitely listened to your guys' podcast. I respect everything you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before the holidays, I was doing some toy drives and stuff. So I'm always kind of like looking for ways to like, you know, tap in with everybody and, and do it for a good cause. Um, a lot of stuff has happened with COVID and with right. the holidays. And here we are in, you know, 2022 now. But, you know, it's definitely still an honor no matter what. No, nah, no. Nah, we you know, we love we love that you're here. We just feel like, yeah. you know, we feel like, you know, you kind of. Slept <laughs> but definitely with, ugly. You know? Ugly Betty for we, sure. We weren't, ugly <laughs> Betty. You know? we weren't first choice. You slept with everyone else. And then you're like, all right. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, see what, we'll see what you make of this. You might still have the best ones. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but what's good, man? I mean, yo, fam, Young California, this is qu- quite a resume. I mean, oh, this is insane. Yeah, so you're, you're straight from the Bay Area. You moved to L.A. in race. 2015, right? Yeah. Well, and- I basically, I, you know, they call me the Young California Bear. I'm basically running around all the time, like I'm all mm-hmm. over the state. And that's kind of that's kind of how that all came about is that uh, I'm, I move around a lot. But once Real 92.3 launched about seven years ago, I definitely planted myself in la a lot more ended up getting you know a crib and all that stuff um but i've always kind of like had my spot in the bay too so but you were always, you were on the radio at K- kml uh kmel right yeah uh, yeah for i was go- i was i was at kml for 15 years yeah 15 and, years and then and yeah. then you went to la radio and I, i'm kind of wondering was it because of like the tech boom and like the tech like all the tech companies moving to sf and just fucking up kind of Yo, we could be real though, like. Yeah, the culture, yo, like, the culture in the Bay Area is definitely fucked. So, like, but it started getting I, fucked around that time. Yeah, yeah, it got it got really gentrified and and really bad, and um, the local culture just got really ravaged. Um, I noticed when I was that, go- had, yeah. that had nothing that had nothing to do with it. Really? Are you um, sure? I, I feel like- <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> absolutely, I'm absolutely positive. I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> I feel like, a detective. Are you sure? Yeah. Saying, I feel like the tech companies really fucked that city up. Like they fucked up the nightlife. They fucked up restaurants. They fucked up neighborhoods. They fucked up. Like it's it it's definitely weird to like roll through the hood and see like some dude from another country on like a uh what are those the scooters yeah oh, like the, scooter. bird the, bird, the bird scooter <laughs> um it you know it's it's definitely a different place than it was 
when I was growing up. Um, yeah, because I, I remember going out there and then slowly seeing, even when I was DJing, the crowds weren't responding to like Bay Area shit as much. Yeah, it kind of depends where you go, but like yeah. uh, it's it's definitely at one point, you know, there was fifty clubs with hundreds or thousands of people, and now like you might only find a couple. It's crazy yeah. what happened. What's happened in the past five, six years over there? So, so yeah. you came to LA after fifteen years in the Bay. Well, I was actually on KML and Real Nine Two Three at the same time. Oh, you were. For, Were you? For, was it through for, syndication? For like two or three? No, iHeartMedia actually owns both radio stations. Okay. Oh, okay. So, um, what happened is the opportunity presented itself uh, for iHeart to actually launch a hip hop flagship in Los Angeles. Um, you know, as you guys know, with Big Boy, uh, you know, leaving Power One Hundred Six to come to our mornings, um, and uh, basically when that happened, Young California was just in full swing at that time. And um, we, we were just killing it. So uh, we got the nod to come help launch um, one of the greatest hip hop stations. And uh, that's that's what happened. So I was on KML and Real for years, actually, at the same time. Mm. Um, and then when I got a promotion to be the music director at Real 923, then I left my responsibilities at KML and I've been at Real full time. So, you know, like, that, was, that, that was about three years ago. Can you can you explain Young California a little? Like we had Charisma on, right? She's yeah. she's another founder of Young California. She started with yep. you guys, Dre Sinatra, uh, Beatnik. Yeah. And yeah. from what I heard, I, I've asked, I talked to the streets. You're kind of <laughs> you're kind of like the muscle in Young California, right? You're like <laughs> no, you're like when when some <laughs> shit pops off, they're like call Amen. He gonna handle it. You're right. You don't you don't want you don't want holding the tech, bro. You're like the yes. whack. You're like the <laughs> whack. You're like the whack of Young that's California, right? No, nah, that's definitely not <laughs> definitely <laughs> no? not the right comparison and not the not the right you know scenario. You know, so when some shit pops um, off, they're like call like, call Amen. He gonna handle it. Nah, shit, right? I think. I think that does happen or it has happened and it's, it's more speaks to my level headedness, uh, of, you know, you know, the stuff we go through in hip hop okay. and music and all that. Um, so but, I thought, I thought with, you had the toolies ready. You had all the toolies ready with, you had all... with young California. <laughs> um, the, the reason that I get, uh, positioned is cause I, I actually created young California in the Bay in 2011. I came up with the idea and concept and um i was where did that come from where did that come from uh so it like most djs you know you start djing parties and then you realize you make more money getting the door then you start your own little street team Mm -hmm. and that's basically what i did in the northern bay area yeah, you were, you were throwing party. You were throwing throwing your own parties. You were like booking yeah. forty two short, right? Yeah, I was throwing my own parties and I was throwing my own concerts. I actually had the longest running independent hip hop concert series, like local artist concert series. I threw thirty back to back sold out concerts um, when I was in my early twenties, like around twenty one, twenty two. And what year, uh, what year? What year? What years were that? Around what year? Uh, this was back in the mid two thousands. In the mid two thousands. Yeah, so so wait, I, who, who, you it was only Cali acts or who you booking? Like who was you? Booking all Bay Area time? artists. All Bay Area. Yeah, all Bay Area artists, and um, that's the crazy so shit I, about the Bay Area, right? They don't give a fuck about anybody else. Well, like, not <laughs> it's 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 different now, but growing up, yeah, we were we had our own world. It was we your were, own it, world. It was just yeah, like, we didn't need we didn't need anybody else. We could do it all ourselves, and we did it. 
uh, we successfully did it and yeah. made a lot of money and um, had our own ecosystem. And it was it was a real beautiful thing at that time to be fully independent and be able to get yours. So back when I was throwing like a, I had like a Thursday night college night where I had like 1500 kids coming every Thursday and I was getting the door wow. um, and paying out my street team and my DJs and all that stuff. So that's really what got me to KMEL in the first place was that I had like basically the northern part of the map sewn up in the bay. And I was um, so I got fired from the radio station. I was at the local radio station like twice. So um, wait for what would you do? Wait, because I, I heard I, I heard you. I was just. I being heard, aggressive. I, okay, you was aggressive. I was aggressive. <laughs> I was being a muscle. <laughs> yeah. the, the streets was right. The streets was right. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just being aggressive and just trying to compete in a in a major market way, and and it, it was like, a very small. What, market. what do you mean by aggressive? Uh, like, what was you? You was talking like shit? just with just not nah, just with music and just really trying to, um, you know, be cutting edge with my mix shows and like just everything I was doing. You was like a rebel. Um, Is that like you wasn't. Well, I was just the guy that was telling the boss, like, you're doing this shit wrong. Mm. And, uh, you know, it ended up that I was right. And it, you know, I ended up, you know, being where I'm at today because of, you know, using those same, you know, instincts. And um, I like the way you're explaining this in a very... Um in a very PC way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's, I'm trying to figure it, you know, give it to you as easy and straightforward as palatable as possible. As possible. Yeah. So, exactly. but I heard you went to juvie though, right? You have, like, I, you know, I was in a, I was in a group home for a couple of years in a group home. Yeah. I, I was reading something about that. It said that you had, you right after you got your first pair of turntables, you had gotten a little bit of trouble when you were gone for a couple of years, but it kind of put into perspective where you wanted to move forward with your career. Yeah, I think it it not necessarily like the the music, just the life side of it. Like I realized like look, if I go down this path, it's not going to end well. And it didn't end well for a lot of the people, the kids I grew up with like around that time. And so, um it really helped me correct, you know, the way I was doing things and do it in a way that was, you know, just work smarter it's funny that you guys even know that stuff but uh <laughs> it's yeah it, it was one of those things that kind of kept me like away from drugs and you know all that all the shit that most people fall into you know i was able to start this street team do these parties do these concerts um get a major market radio um and take that everything that i learned doing that to create young california which was a platform to help you know these young artists and these young djs and kind of um bring together southern california and northern california uh in a way to where you know we could really translate that to the world after us speaking to charisma you guys put on so many records i mean even you yourself yeah. like you, you yeah. were breaking ot yeah. genesis out sage the gemini i'm sue Durham yeah. music you you broke up you broke a lot of records out yeah, in young I, California. I have a lot of plaques here at the crib and and it and it's it's funny because I just got one the other day and it, it just made me think about like all that stuff. Um and it, it, you know, it was such an amazing time to be a DJ. It was like we were having so much fun and 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 really like everybody was eating. Like that was the whole point of Young California was 
to take a brand like Amen or Charisma or Dre Sinatra that's that might be like an underdog um, and really just say, hey, you know, if we click up if we get together and we all and we unify the West Coast, like, you know, we could really do some damage. And, and we really did. We changed music history by, um, you know, helping, like I said, translate these brands, like take uh, an artist from I am Sue at the in, in a bedroom in Richmond, California, all the way to, you know, touring and dropping these albums that are critically acclaimed. Yeah. You seem very like controlled and like very thoughtful. <laughs> no, no, very thoughtful about your words and stuff. Yeah. But when I when I when we hear about your earlier period like being in a group home, getting fired twice, I feel like did you have to kind of learn to subdue your emotions or your passion and stuff I like think that? It's interesting. When I was a kid, I used to do really bad in school. And they used to get, they used to like get very, the teachers used to get really mad and they would be like, it's not because you're dumb. You're smart. Like you're smart. You just not, you, you like, you're not, you know, focusing on this stuff. Mm -hmm. And at the time I was just like, what the, like, what are you talking about? You know, whatever. But, you know, looking back on it now, it's like, I realized that I just didn't give a shit. You know, when you're doing something that you're really passionate about yeah. and you, and you have that fire and you're a persistent human being, like you can really get far. And um, I think that's what happened is at some point I figured out, uh, you know, just how to conduct business and work smarter, not harder. And, you know, just figure out how to get paid to do the shit that I want to do. Yeah, but what got you into a group home? I'm just curious. Like, you don't, you, I mean, you don't have to talk about it. I'm just curious. <laughs> I, I didn't kill anybody. All right. <laughs> oh no, you would have got a jail. You would have got a jail. Not a group yeah. home. If you that. Yeah. What? What's yeah. your background, bro? Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Like my ethnic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Portuguese and Italian. Portuguese. Oh, and okay. Italian. okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. So you did something. You didn't kill anybody, but you got into group home. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I was just, I was just, did I was doing. Did you beat shit. somebody close to death for? No, no, no I, I was, just, I was just doing shit that high school was, kids do. He was probably doing graffiti, stealing cars, vandalizing, just breaking into shit he was supposed to. Because that's yeah, what I they send you to a group home. Not nah, fucking killing yeah. anybody. Yeah, I was, just, I was just doing shit that high school kids do, and you know, I just, I was just on a path, and and my, you know, my parents saw that. My brother was actually on a group home as well, and he was doing graffiti and vandalizing and doing all that yeah. shit. And, um, you know, luckily for me, I, I went in that group home and I came out. Um, actually, it, it it's funny because I had all Fs. Like, I failed every single class my sophomore year in high school. Like, completely. I wasn't even showing up. I was at my house playing with these turntables. I just got out of the back of the Source magazine. <laughs> and, oh, damn, man. And, and, well, I, and I didn't care one, about that. You're, you're the one that ordered that shit. <laughs> no, but, but, I, but I, 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 didn't, I didn't care about, you know, I didn't care about anything but these, like, you know, the DJing thing. I was just really passionate about it. And um, what was cool about the group home, it sucked that I wasn't able to, like, DJ and develop myself while I was in that group home. But um, what was cool about it is I came out of there with honors and straight A's. Like, I graduated all top of class, everything coming out of high school. What, 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 what was it, do you think, when you went to the group home that made you focus and stuff? Like, what do you think it was? 
You just realized this is like my last chance. I got to make this work. No, I think I I just realized like, you know what? Like you are, it's like you are smart. You can do whatever you want to do as long as you apply it yourself. And I think that, you know, I've just used that for everything I've done since. It's crazy. So then you went straight to radio. You did 15 years at KMAL. Were you working with friends in this shit? When he was there? Fran- nah, Franzen was actually before me. Franzen is a real OG, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Franzen, like when I was a kid, like in the third, second, third grade, I remember going to school, listening to like Chewy Gomez and coming out and listening to Franzen and Trace. Like, that that was a really long time ago that he was on KMU. Crazy. But he, I mean, the dude just you know all all praise and respect is due to that guy for being here today still killing it yeah mm-hmm. it's, i mean well, I, like he still loves djing like even when yeah. he's on twitch yeah. uh, i don't know if he's missed a day of twitch yet but he's still doing twitch every day i, I every believe day. like that, yeah. at least five crazy. days a week he, and that's right. still a lot he was really built for that shit to do it every day and just dj yeah he, for, well, you know he was doing the Ustream stream stuff and all that stuff before so he his heart was really there because he was on the radio for so long. And, yeah. you know, being on the radio, you have to go by a program. So, you know, every DJ kind of has their, there's the program, but then you have personal taste. And he always had really good personal taste and he wanted to, um, you know, he wanted to give that to the world. And he he was kind of doing the Twitch thing before there was the Twitch thing. So mm-hmm. once, once the technology caught up to what it is he wanted to do, it, I mean, it just made perfect sense. So now you're you're on um, Real ninety two point three, right? Your assistant yeah. program director, like yeah. you're picking the music. You're kind of like I guess leading the direction <laughs> of what the Cali sound is right now. What is Young California now in twenty twenty two? Yeah, well, Young California kind of like has kind of come and had its time, and we've kind of like I mean, it still exists, mm-hmm. but it's um, Young California did what it was supposed to do. So like everybody is in a better place because of young california um now my focus is more uh, winning with this team at real 923 and we make these decisions collectively you know we're, we're tapped in you know what i mean like i'm still paying attention to everything I, I, you know i'm in the club tonight so it's like um you know that right now what i'm focused on most is making real 923 the number one preset on everybody's radio in la and um i have a great team you know like all our uh you know the program director you know um doc winner uh dj ao who who uh was the assistant program director and now he's running um miami for us um and just everybody on our team is just like really invested in the culture and really invested in you know building a great radio station and it, it takes time but we've we've definitely been doing our thing yeah because right now who's the number one radio station in la is it you guys real 92.3 i believe so not not only do i think that we're the number one radio station for hip-hop in los angeles but i think that um as time goes on we get much bigger and much better mm. And that was what was going to lead into my question is how do you um, condition L.A. to listen to real when it's been the other station for me growing up? I grew up in Inglewood. So for yeah. me, it was 92.3 The Beat. Yeah. And then that went away. And then when real came back, it was like a part of me coming back. You know what I'm saying? And I feel no, like a lot of people in L.A. feel that way. 
For sure. It, I, I don't look at it as conditioning. I feel like it's just building awareness, right? Because I think we have a, a good product. And I think that like, uh, you know, the way you look at it is that somebody's been serving this cheeseburger the same way for 20 years. And it's like, we just showed up in LA with a better cheeseburger. So I just got to get more people to know about this cheeseburger. Right. Um, and that's really, that's really what it is. <laughs> I, I do got to give you all props though. Cause when you guys came in in the LA scene for, for real 92.3, a lot of people did not like you guys. Cause you guys knocked out this one station that everybody loved, which was like a lot of throwbacks, oldies and stuff like that. But you guys came yeah. in with a different taste. I, like, I remember, I remember that when it happened and all the emails and everything we're getting, I was like, damn, that's crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was respect it was to, respect to Art LeBeau, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was it was like everybody was so pissed. Even though Big Boy had made his move over there, they yeah. didn't give a fuck. They were so invested <laughs> in that one station. Yeah. But you guys did run like a unit, like AO had you uh you know, Vic won. But yeah. you guys really did run like a unit. So you guys always kind of kept that that circle really, really close. And that was well, like, yeah, man. you guys. We've always had a good family, and 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 I, I take a, a a lot of pride in the fact that our team, like we're all homies, just like you guys are. Like we like we talk every day. We you know we shoot the shit. We're always like working on, um, you know, like how to make the station better, but also like look out for each other. Like I'm not the type of dude that's like uh, um, takes all the opportunities. Like I've always sat back and gave opportunities to everybody around me. And I think that it's it's important to have that energy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. hey, before um, before you, mean, you said you was in the clubs, you mean that you was you still go to clubs to see what's going on? No, or I'm you still DJ. Still DJ in the clubs. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, I'm DJing tonight. Yeah, you know I've had years where I do 250 gigs in a year, and it, you know I've slowed down in the last you know couple years because of like I have more responsibilities. Yeah. I gotta be at, I gotta be up early in the morning. Yeah. Um yeah man I'm I'm still active and I and I still I try my best to just really pay attention. I mean that's what I get paid for is know what's popping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were you were like uh during the pandemic there was a lot of like the underground stripper parties going on in LA and stuff like that. And then <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> and we you know we had charisma on your fellow young California uh, yeah. co-founder on and she was saying you know she had to pay the bills and she did some of the under, yep. you know some some of the underground joints and it's, yeah. and it's crazy because i feel like maybe maybe i don't know any i don't know the la scene too too crazy but it felt it feels like the stripper parties are now even there's a bigger presence of stripper parties now in la than there was before you yeah. know what i mean yeah, I think I, I think L.A. never really had like what Vegas and Miami and Atlanta and Atlanta and Houston. Yeah, so it's like really, emerging, it's like emerging now from the pandemic, right? A little bit. Yeah. So it, it never really had that. But I, I think once the bottle service stuff really kicked up years ago, um, I think that that became more and more of a scene. And it's it's been happening for a long time, but it, it it's definitely kicked up you know more recently to yeah. where there's a lot more options and um yeah because i lot see more i see drace and Notch's flyers and i'm like yo it's almost like it's like non-stop i'm like yo who's who's this on the fly who's that on? <laughs> yeah like, man it's like yeah it's like and i'm like oh shit like i see more and more of these stripper parties 
like more and more and charisma's doing that. I was like, yo, this it's like nonstop stripper yeah. parties out there popping. <laughs> I mean, it must be making money, so that's why, you know <laughs> business is booming. Wait, so are, are you in the rotation in the in the stripper parties and I I am currently not. No. Nah? Oh. I'm currently not. <laughs> you don't want no parts of it. But hey man, everybody's got a party, man. Everybody's gotta make money. It's it's crazy because, you know, at, at at a point with like mustard, like and all of these artists came from Cali, yeah, and all the and it's like and they were killing in the 2010s, and then yeah. now when I look at YG and mustard, I'm like, wow, they I don't realize it, but I guess they're old, right? Because it it still seems like it wasn't that long ago. But when I look at YG I mustard mean, and all those, I'm like, wow, that that's kind of like old, and like it's funny because like some of these younger kids, I see like you know like jerking is back like all the jerking music is back like they want to hear yeah. that shit in the club and i'm yeah. like damn that shit is really old like i don't i don't realize that shit like that shit's <laughs> old like i look at yg and some, some it's just it's just it's just it's just your old sometimes i hear like sometimes i hear some of the new yg and I, i'm probably you probably can't say nothing but i hear it and i'm like damn he sounds a little old like it just sounds old. Like it just sounds. It, it's just. I mean, just cat cats. Cats have just. You know, it's just different generations. Like, yeah, yeah. They're they're not necessarily old. They're just the older brother. You know what I mean? And it's and it's uh. It's always it's always gonna be like that. Us, we're just going through that for the first time together. So we're realizing that. Where it's like, I know I'm an OG now. Like when I go to the club and the opening DJ's like, oh my God, hey man, nice to meet you. You're a legend. Like all that shit. I'm like, what? But it's like, <laughs> no, nah, I've been doing this shit for a while. So it's like, you know, that that's what it is. And we're coming into that. We're coming into being OGs. I, uh, with the relationships that you're having with the rappers and stuff like this and, and all the politics that goes into radio and, and everything. I mean, we had Charisma on, uh, you know, yeah. on our podcast last year. And uh, we actually, you know, she, she hit us up. We had to actually edit, like, some of her podcast because her episode because she was just saying too much real shit. Like, she was saying, she was kind of like, yeah. you know, being a little she too transparent about shit. Too real. Yeah, she was being, <laughs> it's too real. So <laughs> it, it kind of put her, her job in jeopardy or, like, made her, made her situation a little uncomfortable. And, and stuff like that. And I didn't, you know, it wasn't really till then that I realized all the politics involved in radio and how, like, you have to tread lightly. And, and, and it's like, you can't really move. Like, obviously, a podcast like this, we don't have any ties to artists. And we don't have no ties to labels. Yeah, I mean, I you know? think that it politics is, you know, hip-hop is the culture and religion of the streets, right? And there's politics in the streets. And there's politics in radio. There's politics in, you know, if you... If you Anybody that has a real job or a corporate job, there's politics. It, it is what it is. I mean, um, but yeah, that's it sucks to hear that. But at the end of the day, we live in a world where it's filled with politics. People like us that just kind of talk freely and stuff, we could never make it on the radio. It would just cause too much shit. <laughs> that's, why, that's why you got podcasts. Yeah. But I, well, I'm kind of wondering, like, how, how freely can you speak on the radio? And like, how much, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how much can you voice your opinion like any personalities or anything like that especially in this climate like i don't know when there was like the whole drake and kanye shit and there was like all this shit going on like you know i think i think there's platforms for all this stuff right like radio is not necessarily the platform for you to like that's why podcasts exist like there's all different lanes and platforms 
people listen to the radio because they just want to hear their favorite song. They don't care about all the extra shit. They just want to hear their favorite songs. And that's our job is to just give them the best music, you know, curate the best music for them that we can, taking into consideration it's millions of listeners, right? It's mm. not it's not like it's not for you, it's not for me, it's for everybody. And um you know, there there's just different platforms like, you know, there's satellite radio, there's apps there's you know mm. streaming platforms there's all types of stuff um and there's a home for everything and long form talk and you know all the politics and all that stuff you know like maybe you go on a political radio station uh, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know hey. it's it's just you know people don't really want to hear all that like on the radio it's like how do we make people's days better you know what i mean yeah, like, yeah everybody goes through a lot of shit in their life and sometimes they just want to turn on the radio to not think about that and that and that's really our job is to just give you something to ride to i got a question <laughs> i i know vic one is the chargers and the rams dj i believe and the kings and the kings and you're the the niners and y'all just went head to head how was yeah. it at the office bro y'all throwing that shit at each other or some shit Nah, man, it's all, it's all good, man. Like, I, the thing about the the sports DJs, like it's it's kind of like another fraternity, man. Like a lot, like a lot of those dudes are homies because it's not an easy job, man. It's a crazy job, and it's uh, you know, it's it's a very particular job. So it's like we all talk to each other all the time, and just like you know, yeah. what's working for you, like how you know, what's the best way to execute, um. So a lot of the dudes that are like in the pro sports stuff, like I, I'm, I got respect for, and uh, a lot of them are my homies, man. Like D Sharp with the Warriors, you know, Vic does all those teams. Um, I, I used to DJ some Sacramento Kings games back in the so day. That, yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's crazy, man. Like Jay Espinosa used to do the Raiders. Well, you're more, you're more of a 49ers guy, right? Like you don't really mess with the Raiders too much. No, 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 no. I'm curious. How many DJs the 49ers have? Uh, so <laughs> everybody's like, no, it's, like, a, it's a good question. There's a, a lot question. of motherfuckers. Hey, no, Ray's is always posting. So, yeah. So, so what <laughs> happened was, is that E-Rock used to work with the San Francisco Giants. And um, one of the guys that used to work with the Giants had started working with the Niners and they wanted to put together kind of, a, you know, a DJ play. Uh, the difference is with the Niners stadium, like these stadiums are huge, right? And and there's actually like it's it's not like you just plug one DJ in and can do everything. They had a DJ in the parking lot and a stage in the parking lot for when people are coming in tailgating. Mm -hmm. They have um, a DJ on the field for when the players are warming up. Yeah. And then they had a DJ that kind of does the in-game thing. So we would have three DJs per game. And then you'd have to have alternates in case someone couldn't make it because these games like, you know, a call time might be 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And Iraq might be in Vegas DJing till God knows when. So it, 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 it basically they had to put a team together. And Iraq actually did a really good job, um, you know, reaching out to a bunch of different people. And I think we started out, man, maybe started out with like six of us. And then as it got bigger, we had to kind of like rotate people and some DJs. Okay. 
got busier so we had to rotate people so it seems like there's been a lot of djs over the last seven seasons that i've been there but mm-hmm. it's a- it's actually just a handful of people that actually dj um like when when in the covid season when there was no fans i dj'd pretty much the whole season uh-huh. and and there was it was only like me and like one other guy or I, maybe one or two other guys um and it, it you know uh i i've been there since the beginning of the program but e-rock was actually the one that kind of put the play together and kind of got everybody involved okay yeah i got a question you, do you have some and, and, and by yeah and by the and by the way because i know you guys clown e-rock all the time i think it's hilarious shout out to you <laughs> <laughs> we love e-rock man that's the homie <laughs> Yeah, so I got I got a question. Do you have seniority and kind of choose like what games you want to DJ, which ones are the better ones? You're like, ah, oh, let me nah, go see. Nah, nah, I just been blessed because I've been there for a long time. That like they they just hook me up, man. They they just they give me really good games, man. I, and yeah. you know I really appreciate it. Wait, you, you how do you, how do you okay. how do you go into how do you go about your your uh, DJ sets with those games? Like, do you go into the mindset of I'm gonna please the players? Is it more about uh, the crowd? Like yeah, there, you... there's just different um, different parts of the, you know, different scenarios in the game. So when you're doing mm-hmm. player warm-ups, you're playing for the players because you're trying to get them hyped to win a game. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys are young dudes from all over the country, and they want to hear. <laughs> what do they want to hear? I want to hear this the, the news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. they, they want to hear. Like Nardo you know, Wick. Co- and you gotta Kodak, like... Kodak Black. Uh, like you Super know, Gremlin. Um, Super Gremlin, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's like they, they want they want to turn up, right? You know what I mean? And um you know, then they're, when the scared, fans, they're like literally scaring the fans as they're walking in. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's and then it's like as the stadium fills up with families, you know, you want to then you want to turn them up. So you might want to drop, you know, the DMX up in here energy. You know what I mean? Like you might want to just turn that up. Um, and then it's like, you know, sometimes during the heck the halftime set, cause we're in the Bay area, like I'll do just the all Bay area set to just like turn people up. Um, then, you know, all sports have like the dance cam or the t-shirt toss, those type of things. And you want to give some really high energy in those moments. Cause you're basically hitting them with like 30 to 60 seconds of like, you know, energy and, and, you know, these stadiums hold like up to 60,000 people. So it, it's it's a big it's a big situation. So I got a question: Are you seeing like a run of show? Is there like a printout or a thing you follow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and they're letting you yep. know, and like, and then it's like I always think there's a keyboard guy. Is there a keyboard guy next to you? That's there's like- that de- there's definitely somebody that's on an instant replay in most stadiums that's like firing off elements. Um, there's not like an orchestra organ guy. No, but sometimes uh, I see like a, there's not an organ guy that's like. There, I, I think there is in hot in in hockey and baseball. I think they might. Yeah, still yeah, have yeah. It. We got one at that Dodger Stadium for sure. I thought yeah, yeah, yeah. all sports arenas have organ guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, <laughs> I, like I yeah. Some 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 sports still have them, and I'm sure some people play recorded audio. Yeah. Sure. I also want to oh, go ahead, Jamie. I was gonna say that Colin Kaepernick ever tell you like, "Yo, I need you to slide these five songs while I'm throwing the balls and getting warmed up." You know, did you ever uh, request like that? Yeah, sometimes we have like the players put in requests, and um, and you know that's what that's what we do. We play what they want to hear. You know what I mean? And 
it, it's dope that uh, we kind of like have that interaction. Um, the great, the crazy thing is, um, my Colin Kaepernick story uh, is when he first came to the um, the Niners. Uh, I helped a local clothing company kind of like do a collab with him, where he did his own. He did some merch. Um, and I got to meet him and he was like the nicest dude. It was right when he got to the Niners. And then, uh, later on, I was able to, uh, get him some of my blessed stuff. And, um, and he actually wore it, man, like a lot. And it, I was, I was really, you know, appreciative of him doing that. Yeah. How did that, how did the blessed, you have a clothing line blessed, right? How did that evolve? Cause it's, yeah. cause me and never, we had a never, but we had new, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. we, we we carried uh this like long long time ago this this brand called Breezy Excursion, yeah, and they had Blessed on it, yeah. So and it was uh, and I was wondering, are you guys are you tied in with them or like because I was yes. I was, so what happened was uh, I was I I always did collabs with Bay Area brands to help yeah like like uh you know me tap into their fan base they tap into mine and like you know i always did like a lot of marketing and promotion so i did a lot of different collabs and um man i want to say i was at maybe like a rock the bells or something in the bay a long time ago and they had a um they had a stand and i had i had seen their stuff and i had talked to my boy and i said i should do a collab with them but because their slogan was best Mm. and so i said i should do something with breezy but it's a blessed and so that's that was the original collaboration was with me and breezy excursion and uh we ran with that for like uh you know four or five years and sold thousands of pieces internationally everywhere yeah yeah um yeah we had a lot of success with it yeah we sold we sold those teas at our store in vegas yeah, yeah. yeah we sold a lot yeah. yeah those sold really well i mean I actually checked their site and they're still selling that shirt. You're, you're still <laughs> well, yeah. that shirt. <laughs> yes. So basically three or four years ago, we kind of um, couldn't agree on uh, th- what we were doing with the brand and we parted ways. Mm. Um, and uh, I kind of just let it go. And, and their company kind of, um, I think it's still around in some sense where like you order it and they print it and send it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that I don't think that clothing brand, it's not what it used to be right. when, um, when we were working and, yeah. and really moving. Um, so I kind of just kind of like let it go and chill. They, they've done some, they've done some blessed stuff. Um, but during the pandemic, like people were just really asking me to bring it back. They kept asking me to bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. So, um, last in this last year i basically started doing it my own the the blessed by amen stuff mm-hmm. and i've and i've kind of just been selling it to like you know people that rock with me and um it's been doing really good uh and i and i really like the stuff that we've been doing because it's, it's very clean and simple yeah yeah i, I saw your shop and yeah. their shop and, and and i was like i was like what what's going on over here because it's like they're selling yeah yeah two different it, it was basically we you know we split ways and and since it was a collab and we kind of you know we both had worked on it we just decided that we would go on and do our own things where, um, where did amen the name come from like where did that come from amen yeah uh i mean going back to the group home stuff so when i first started djing uh, my brother was a graffiti writer so he used to like come up with all this stuff and um my my first dj name was dj damn it it was d-a-m 
IT because my real name is Adam. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my original DJ name. And then um like as I was coming out of the group home and got on the radio and all that stuff, they're like, we can't say damn it on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, when I came out and uh, you know, was I mean, was pretty much a changed person when I came out of this group home you and I stopped so drinking, I I'd stopped smoking and you became born again yeah and i and i and that's and that's how i my brother gave me the name amen because mm-hmm. so, he was like yeah. who the fuck are you right now like, <laughs> it's, it's, it sounds it sounds crazy but it makes sense right wait so how, how much of a transformation happened after the group home were you just like you know i mean i'm still the same person it's just i i just you know, work smarter. You know what I mean, and that's really what it is. Stay out of trouble and work smarter. <laughs> Yo, there's there's that there's that group home part of Amen that's just that like, influence. It's just that's, swimming. That's ready to wild that's out. Ready to wild. I feel like you're ready to come out. I know. I feel like you're you're like suppressing him. You're suppressing it com- that, that. He comes out at mid- he comes out at midnight tonight. <laughs> that's the that's the alter ego. Ah, man, you know, it's crazy, like, because, uh, you know, I'm super into this toy stuff, which I'm sure we're going to transition into. I was about to ask. Uh, uh, you know, oh, yeah, because like, we thought you were in your son's room or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we, we all grew up, you know, in hip hop, we grew up reading comic books and all that stuff. And, you know, that's I, like, you know, watching wrestling and like all this stuff when we were kids. And I think that, you know, that's how we kind of like identify these DJ names and all that stuff. WWF. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, what, what is going on back there? There's so much shit. So some people are listening to audio only. Nah, but they, 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 they're gonna check the YouTube. They're gonna see this. Okay, shit. they're so gonna yeah. kick the. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so for anybody that can't see what's happening, um, I have a very, very large collection of collectibles. Um, you know, toys and and all that stuff. So, uh, I, I've I've really been into it since I was a kid um and even you know even 10 years ago like i had stuff around like they made start making hip-hop toys so i started grabbing them Uh Mm -hmm. um and then i i really over the last you know like probably like five years i really got in the toy game and i'm actually making toys like i actually i'm in the toy business dope what Uh, what are you gonna make what are you making uh the first toys that i just kind of came out with uh with a company out of san francisco super seven i did a collab with run the jewels i don't know if you guys saw them mm. um oh shit you did those yeah so oh, uh, that's that's something i worked on in the last couple of years and um i just curated a uh a bear brick for designer con in la um oh shit really around. Yeah, yeah, that's fly as shit. I like yeah. bear bricks. Yeah, with Aaron. This, I mean, this ain't it, but you, you guys know what a bear brick is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you are yeah. you doing are you doing a hundred, four hundred, and a thousand, or just what? Yeah. So doing? so we we started out with the uh, the Aaron Kai one this year as as a small one as a hundred, um, and I I can't really leak out what's going to happen, but <laughs> you know, hopefully soon bigger ones will be coming. But yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I'm super into the toy stuff, man. I've always been into like, you know, comic books and superheroes and all, all that stuff. I see the return of the Jedi. Like never, like, you're such a Star Wars fan. I'm surprised you know. I know. I, I noticed that in the background. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about that one. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's like a, a vintage. Um, that's a subtle flex. Not it's actually new, but it's a new play on a vintage line. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, Still, yeah. that's fucking dope. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're like collecting all like the new Mandalorian kind of shit. Is there all those yeah, I toys? Got, I got a lot of shit. Man. <laughs> can we see? Can we see? Can we see a little bit of the? You guys want a, a tease of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold on, let's see here. He looks like he's in the attic too, so it makes it a lot cooler too. Yeah, he looks like he's in the in like a guest room or his his ex wife. I don't want to like unplug gym. this stuff. But you, oh, you can shit. see that's crazy. There's a lot some arcade games. Damn, man. Yeah, man. You can see God, the helmets and all this stuff back there. Oh shit, man. Yeah, bro. There's a lot of stuff in here. Damn. Look like, it looked like he had a store. Shit. <laughs> a toy store. I got mo- I got more toys than a toy store. I know uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. Not to get off topic, but I know it's going to be crazy in the city. You have anything going on like in LA during that time with the station? Um, right now we're doing a giveaway with Dr. Dre because you know they're doing the halftime show for the Pepsi. Mm-hmm. I Super forgot Bowl about halftime that. Show. Oh, shit, so that's right. um, we're qualifying people to win tickets to uh, actually go to the game and sit in Dr. Dre's suite um, for oh, the wow. Super Bowl. Yeah, so we're we're doing something really cool with that with Dr. Dre. Are oh, you guys giving out tickets wait, wait. in general? Is Dr. Dre know about that? that, that <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dre definitely helped us put it together. Imagine him walking in his suite like, who the fuck? Who is are these motherfuckers? <laughs> who, who the fuck is this man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? That's a uh, big, big look for LA to have the Super Bowl there, yeah, and then to have the yeah. doc- and Dr. Dre to just do all the, all those LA anthems and shit. Yeah, yeah, man. Be- it's, gonna, it's it's definitely going to be a moment in history for sure. I'm I'm really excited uh, just to see how it all rolls out yeah because they've been advertising all kinds of concerts surrounding the, the day of the game like that whole week is just lying with all kinds of shit man it's gonna be crazy yeah yeah, yeah. i think we're get, right now we're also giving away tickets to uh shack's fun house he's doing a party um he's got he's got a bunch of people like djs and artists he i think he does it every year yeah make, mm-hmm. make sure you're stocked up on your blessed merch during that week for, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. for, the, <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure for sure um, nah, the, the bless is doing good man i'm i'm really excited about all the stuff you know we've we've been doing with that it's it's fun and that comes from just being a dj right like you're getting on a plane all the time you just want to be comfortable and that's kind of the aesthetic of the bless merch is like you know i built i did shirts sweatpants sweatshirt the the hats like stuff you can walk through security without tripping the alarms yeah, yeah. Um, and just be comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's dope though. Like that Dr. Dre is doing like this whole, the whole nineties legacy of LA hip hop. And then even like, you know, when I think of young California, I really do think of, of, uh, you know, the LA legacy continuing to the late two thousands into yeah. to two thousand tens and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, if Dr. Dre crazy. wants to buy Young California off me, you know Andre Young, <laughs> Young California. If he wants, if he wants to take it, I, I'm I'm open for business. Tell him to holler at me. <laughs> <laughs> so the LLC is for sale. The whole the whole company for sale. Uh, man, I got the trademarks and everything. If he wants to come, you know. <laughs> at one point, did you, did you guys want to have a label? Did you guys want to have like a whole? Uh, we got approached on multiple occasions to put out albums and do label deals and all that stuff. But um, it was really tricky because uh, we had a lot of people involved mm. and I really didn't want to like get into all that. Like I really wanted everybody to feel like it was an equal opportunity. And um, I just wanted to make sure that, uh, 
you know, it didn't turn into a nightmare because a lot of this, you know, business stuff can get really shady and all that. And As you, I wanted yeah. everybody, I wanted everybody to have whatever they put into it, they got out of it. You know what I mean? Did you and start? Did you start to, seeing a little bit or like as you guys started blowing up bigger and bigger? Did you guys start seeing the or were you guys always tight? But did you guys start seeing maybe, you know, money issues or ego was getting involved? Nah, there no? were, it was it was never anything like that. Like I was always very transparent with everybody, and um, I never wanted it to be something where it's like, oh, DJ Men came up with all this stuff so DJ Men can make money because I've seen that happen with record pools and DJ crews and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I. I, you know, I didn't want it to be that. I just wanted to be, you know, everybody on a unified front pushing together. And so um, the young, I, you know, there was actually just a lot of money spent on that, you know, like a lot of money that came in or a lot of money that even I personally had, like I spent on it. Um, and it and it benefited way more people than me. <laughs> you know, what I mean, uh, a lot of people made a lot of money and are still making money. It's crazy because when you have a movement like that, it's hard to get everyone on the same page to push mm -hmm. forward and really capitalize off of it. And one yeah. person is probably going to do more of the work than others. Right. And then when that person gets compensated, everyone wants equal share of the compensation, even though they're not putting in maybe as much of the work. So exactly, it's one of those things where you kind of got to make a choice when you start something like that. Like, uh, that's what it was. We just, I just, you know, ethics wise, I just wanted to make the right decisions mm. and just make sure that like, um, you know, everybody went out there and did their thing for themselves. But, you know, every, we all moved at the same time and, you know, it really was whoever works the hardest sees the most out of it. Just like life. Yeah. Is there anything we want to else we want to touch on? Uh, anything? Um, I was just, I was just going to ask him, uh, do you have do you have anything coming up for like back to school stuff for kids since you do the charity stuff for Christmas? Do you do any of the other stuff like giving backpacks out and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, there's always something going on, so just kind of like stay tuned. You know what I mean? Like we're uh, any time that we can step up. Something we didn't talk about was like the DJ Relief Fund um, that I put together uh, with the Young California stuff. Um, we're always looking to like give back. You know what I mean? Um, during the COVID thing, when it first happened and the stimulus check started going out, uh, you know, all the DJs were out of work. Mm -hmm. So um, I came up with the idea to put together a DJ relief fund and I just made some phone calls and got some homies involved. And, you know, we raised um, like one hundred thirty five thousand or something like, uh, like one hundred thirty five. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 000, we, right? we you know, we we raised some money and, and gave it back to all, you know, the California DJs that were out of work. Yeah. And it was originally for the um, young California DJs, right? But y'all made no, so much it money. No, it never was. Like it, that. That was never the point of it. The point <laughs> it of it was it just young California. <laughs> no, because <laughs> the thing was is that it was it was an idea that um, I had come up with, and then DJ Envy and got with some record labels and kind of was doing the same thing at the same time, mm -hmm. and and he did it kind of like for you know all the OG East Coast cats like everybody kind of in those circles, yeah. Um, and there was actually other DJs that were doing it at the same time as well, like Charlie B in Toronto did his for uh, the Canadian DJs, um, but kind of like as it was happening because it was all developing at the same time, um, I just wanted to basically. Uh, like use the Young California platform for good to help. You know what I mean. So okay. it's, it's basically just like activated the Young California shit to to, to get it done. Mm -hmm. Did you did you um, spearhead that? Did. did you did you start that? Did you initiate that? 
Uh, yeah, I created it. Yeah. So I, I got a question, like operation wise. Like, do you have to like create your own bank account for that shit? Like, do you have to start anything? Nah. So, so what it is is there's definitely a lot of tax situations and like right. there, there's definitely um, it, it kind of sucks because you can only give somebody like a one time five hundred dollar gift before mm. it has to. go I was gonna through. I was gonna see how you divvied up the money and how you do. Yeah. That, you so know? basically, we could only give up to a certain amount of money to each DJ. Um, it had to be a one-time gift or whatever the, um, but, uh, I had cash app. I actually spoke with cash app and like all these different people to like, make sure, um, go fund me. Um, like I worked with all these companies to actually get it done. So it could, the money could come in fast and it could go out just as fast. Interesting. Because the DJs needed it at that time. Do you, do you know offhand, like approximately the number of DJs that you guys helped? Or like how many how many it went out to or not really? I mean, you take 135 and divide it by 500. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So wait, who? How did they contact you? Like, how do you guys go? Oh, how, yeah. How did they find out about it? Um. So, who, how did who find out about the DJs? Well, like, the how DJ, do, yeah. How do you like? I if, if I was well, doing it, this, it, I wouldn't it, even know where to start. Like. Yeah. So, uh, basically, the first part is wrapping your head around how do I raise the money, right? Mm-hmm. So like I had to figure out how to raise money in a time where people don't want to spend money because they don't know what's going on. So um, I actually got with uh, Easy in his camp and told them like, hey, I'm about to do this. Would you be interested in doing it with me to kick it off? And they said, hell yeah, like the DJs put us where we are. So G's camp came in and did the first big donation. And I basically use that as kind of like a chain reaction to go reach out to all of our friends all the way up to like marshmallow uh donated uh ten thousand dollars i think or 15 i gotta go back and look but it was like we used that to kind of like get all the money coming in and as the money was coming in i was working out the logistics with the irs with you know gofundme cash app like all that stuff and then um as we started to see this money, because it was like 135k in a couple of weeks, right? It was just coming in. Mm-hmm. So um, as we were getting the money, we didn't know how much money we were going to raise. Mm-hmm. We didn't think it was going to be that much money. Yeah. So as it was happening, then we had to organize. Okay, we have to go figure out how to disperse this money. And basically, what I did is. Um, because of Young California and because I've been doing this for 20 years, I know most of the DJs in California. So I kind of like built out the list, started contacting people. And then I went to the radio stations in California and basically figured out who their staff was. They're on their mixers. And then I started getting with the record labels to see, you know, who do, like who do they talk to? Um, and just built out a, like basically a master list and then approached all the DJs individually and asked them like, Hey, you know, we raised some money. We'd like to give you some to help you out and, um, got everybody's cash app and sent it through cash app. Cash app was really cool. They, they killed the limit on what you can send for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so they were, they, they, uh, gave us a way to disperse the money immediately. Yeah. So it was like around 270 DJs that you guys helped. 
That's pretty crazy. It was a lot of DJs. Yeah, and then you, and then you took some of the money and you got some you you uh, <laughs> some more some more toys. Some more toys. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I definitely I definitely didn't want to have anything to do with that money. <laughs> his yeah, his toy I, room doubled in size after the no, pandemic. No, I, I def. I definitely wanted to make sure that that all got to the right people. And, yeah. you know, it, 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 I will say to date and all the things I've done in my 20 years DJing, you know, I've like, I've like opened up for the Drake show at, at Oracle arena, you know, I've done like, you know, all, like all these crazy things that we, we get to do as DJs, DJing NFC championship games. Um, I will say that doing that DJ relief fund was definitely the greatest accomplishment I've ever had as a DJ um, in my, in my career and being able to do that, like for our community, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, it was, I still get DJs that like the literally, cause I haven't been able to see everybody since then. You know what I mean? Like I still will like run into a DJ and they'll literally give me a hug or something and be like, bro, like my kid was able to eat because of that. Or like I was able to pay my car note that month because of that, whatever the case was. <laughs> and like just being able to do that, Young California being able to do that, like everybody coming together, all the DJs help promote the drop, like the relief fund. Mm -hmm. um, like, like that was definitely a once in a lifetime thing. Uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, it was, it was dope. It was really dope. Yeah. That, that's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm wondering, like, uh, you know, when you talk to all the DJs, because you, like you said, you reach out to everyone and you talk with everyone. Is everyone doing yeah. pretty much better? Everyone's okay in your circle and everything. Yeah, I think as as DJs, like we adapt, right? Like, right. It's like if you wake up in the morning and don't do shit, you don't get paid. Um, that's and and DJ like going into being a professional DJ, you know that that's what time it is. So um, most of the DJs in the pandemic really just adapted um i was really fortunate because into the pandemic i actually got promoted to the music director at real 923 so i actually had a job with a salary um and benefits and all that and um i was really blessed um by my bosses um to have that opportunity at that specific time you know it helped me out but a lot of other djs had to you know like i just my boy i was just talking to in hawaii you know he he got a job at the postals at the post office like doing deliveries and you know it's like he figured out a way to get an eighty thousand dollar a year job you know and and he's still with djing on the side and stuff um but everybody kind of just adapted and i think for the most part you know everybody figured it out because they had to mm -hmm. so yeah i don't hear too many like horror stories because as a dj like we're persistent passionate go-getters so like everybody figures it out that's your, ne um, that's your next t-shirt persistent pers <laughs> that's right. persistent, persistent passionate go-getters that's go. right ppgg <laughs> yeah uh, what do you call the, it? amen thank you so much for coming through for the road podcast yeah Even i'm though, sorry man. i'm sorry for being too pc for you nah uh, it's cool. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> man. 
I still I still want to know what got you into fucking. I mean, as soon as you, as soon as, <laughs> it, as soon as you stop recording, we can start. You know, no, I'm just fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just fine. You got a Patreon to, to buy that part. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on Cricket's OnlyFans. You'll get the full story. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll, see, you'll see a lot more than toys. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> on. <laughs> Yo, hey man, thank you, man, for coming through, uh, man. Appreciate it's you. All man. good. Yeah, next, man, next. Thank you. Next time in Vegas, I'll try to tap in with you. Guys. Yeah, yeah, please yeah, do, man. Sure. Oh, Make for it sure. happen. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash djcity. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday, we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash djcity. And we'll see you next Wednesday.